Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 219, episode one of Two Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. And it is, of course, Monday, January 10th, oh, 2022. I messed up because it's not, it's, it's Monday. It's not the other day. Sorry, because I always hit tomorrow and tomorrow's not that. Oh, you were going to tell us what national day it was, was last this past Saturday? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I mean, we all know that this past Saturday was uh, National Vision Board Day, National Argyle Day, and National English Toffee Day. I mean, what? Like hey, we've, we've, yes, I know, I know. Pardon me. Mile. Today is actually uh, National Oysters Rockefeller Day. <laughs> of course. It is. And uh, Save the Eagles Day. Save the Eagles. Yeah. Not the NFL team. The, the band. The band. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name <laughs> is Henley Jack fans. O'Brien, aka This is the Pod That Doesn't End. Mm. We do the Zeit right into trends. Some people <laughs> started listening, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue listening forever just because this is the pod that... And I could keep going. You could. (laughs) That song from the Lamb Chop Show uh, was brought to our attention. We were reminded of it by Equip Smith on Twitter. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! I thought I saw him shopping. I thought I saw him at a light. I think I thought I saw Michael Stipe, uh, but I didn't. He's just some guy who looks like Michael Stipe. Shout out to Fat Andrew on the Discord for that wonderful AKA, because, yeah, I thought I keep seeing Michael Stipe's do- doppelganger at Trader Joe's, and yeah. I guess he doesn't even live near me, so yeah. it was just a dream. Not even close. That was just a dream. Well, Miles, we mm-hmm. are thrilled, fortunate, blessed to be joined in our third seat by two brilliantly talented artists, a documentary filmmaker, and a writer, actress, comedian, who have teamed up to make the hit podcast, Was I in a Cult? Please welcome Tyler Meesom and Liz Iacuzzi! Hey, Tyler! Hi, guys. What's up? Do we have to sing, too? I I didn't come prepared with a song. (laughs) I mean, if you'd like, you know, if you have a... I'm more of a dancer. You have a song in your heart. Oh, okay. (laughs) We We don't mind that. Come on, start dancing then. Yeah, yeah. See, you, got, you got honey in those hips, Tyler? Yeah, I got a white I, I white man overbite with my dance until I draw blood <laughs> on my lower lip. Trust me, you don't want to see that. <laughs> Wait, what's the, I, I don't think I've heard that white man overbite. Oh, come on. You know when you white it's man like, dance? And they, yeah, like that? Right. I do yeah, it okay. so hard. It. It just, <laughs> indelible <laughs> marks in my bottom <laughs> lip. <laughs> it is very cool. It's a cool look. Yeah. yeah. That we all have. Wear it. You guys are in the old studio where we used to record Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, yeah. How's do you want seem? us to do anything to the seats or do you want us to like... Just fart in them to fart, yeah. honor yeah. them yeah. like we would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just desecrate We can bless them. them. Is there a ritual you guys did before recording? No, we not really. For you? <laughs> Just a deep, exasperated sigh right. uh, at the reality that we were going to have to comment on every day. But <laughs> other than that, no. It still smells of depression. So thanks <laughs> yeah. for leaving that stench. <laughs> so you guys host Create the Podcast, Was I in a Cult? And I think, you know, the title gives a sense of the subject matter, but I just wanted to read a quote from a recent episode to give people like a flavor. You guys were talking about a guest who, spoiler alert, was in a cult, uh, was also (laughs) an actor on Saved by the Bell, was dating a Power Ranger. And Tyler, you asked Liz, (laughs) referring to that era of television, I was watching He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Did she fuck any of them? <laughs> Which <laughs> was a great moment, and I think gives a good flavor of uh, how fun your podcast is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really love the show. It's the I really little love things the vibe. that some people pick up. Thanks for yeah. finding that one. Yeah, needless to say, it's not a completely serious show. It's no. not completely serious. You no. guys cover very serious subject matter, but you have a lot of fun doing it. And yeah. it's, a, it's a really spirits. fun show. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we are going to get to know you guys. But what's a the answer? Did she? Did she fuck him? She, apparently, she didn't fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. Oh, right. Yeah, you said remember. you were going to ask. Oh, at, yeah, that, at that right. moment. But yeah, 
follow up, Liz. Follow up on that. <laughs> it's in my drafts. <laughs> right. It was the question that was on all our minds. Like I'm yeah. not, you know, that's that is a journalist. Well, job I, and then it makes you Google who was the man behind the voice of He Man. Did you do right. that? Right. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I do. I do have a friend who was who was Barney for a while. He was the man inside <laughs> the purple suit, and wow. he went on a national tour. Of Barney, and this was years ago, back when Barney was more of a rage. And he goes, "I can't tell you how many, how many women want to fuck Barney." He said it was the easiest <laughs> thing in the world. I'd go in and just say I'm Barney, and they would just want to fuck Barney. See, so, I only wanted to fuck Bozo. You know, like, that was <laughs> my thing. Shoot for the moon. Yes. <laughs> wow, you wanted to fuck Bozo? No, I know. Yeah. Those <laughs> shoes, you know, those yeah. shoes are yeah. big. Yeah, <laughs> the Bozo just seemed like he was the. You know the last of the of the clowns. Like he, right. I I think he hit a generation that was already terrified of clowns, and in which clowns no longer made sense. But yeah. he was still out there on national TV, or he was on like the Chicago that local Chicago channel. That, that must be why I know him because I'm from Chicago. There you go. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I was just Bozo. terrified of Bozo and yeah. developed some light cholerophobia. Right. From that man. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell the listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about Ted Cruz, his oopsie that he made uh, where he had to go on Tucker Carlson's show and apologize and be uh, dressed beg for down. Forgiveness. And uh, yeah, beg, beg forgiveness. So we're going to talk about that in the context of like what what is going on in general with the Republican Party, with the maybe even the QAnon movement. And, you know, you guys do a podcast about cults. We would love your insight into what we're looking at here. This all seems to end well, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Spoiler alert. It ends just great. Yeah. Oh, hurts. Yes. All right. Good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks for that. Sleep well tonight. <laughs> we're going to take a look at the film's set in the year 2022. So not the movies coming out this year, the movies that came out already and had some things to say about the year 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll just, you know, ask the question, how, how close did they get? And also just curious to hear thoughts on, is there a movie future that you guys think really, really nailed it? Tyler, you're a filmmaker, I believe is how it's pronounced. Filmmaker. Yes. <laughs> so, Emphasis on yeah. the M. So you've heard of these things, right? Film movies. <laughs> I have. So I've seen one. So all of that, plenty more. But first, before we get to any of that, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Let's let's take a gander here. Uh, I, I recently looked up insulated mugs. Uh -huh. Okay. Sexy. What, what are we looking at? Well, I wanted to just get like, because there's a lot of different brands. And there's a lot of different price points, and I was trying to figure out what's the best the best one. Also looked up Fluorona because somebody mentioned that's a thing. So yeah, that's a, that's a thing out there. And then uh, what did I look up this morning? Funny words for penis. Oh, because uh, you, yeah. you knew you were coming on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have names for you guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's wait? Why? why in my mind, it's yeah. like, unless it's something specific, it's an odd thing for me to be like, all right, what are some fun names for penises? Mm -hmm. I feel like I think just as like a gross dude, I'm like, I think I know them all. Well, but in a way, so it's, it's worth expanding. There's way too many. Yeah. I mean, what, what were you looking for something specific or you're just kind of like, let's, what are some, what are some new, what's some new words? What's some new she stuff? had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sick of calling it a dick, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was looking up a, a fun for writing for the show. I was like, what is another word for penis? So <laughs> I did a deep dive. The best source I found was urbanthesaurus.org. They give you some. Oh, urbanthesaurus. Urbanthesaurus had some nice uh, words. One was a sweetness, which I really liked, which is a sweaty penis. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then, you know, your tip of, and most of them were just the ones you've heard. Right. Frankenbeans, right. twig and berries type of. Right, right. Zob. I'm I'm just a pork sword. Wow. Pork sword. Okay. Pork, pork sword was there. One. Yeah. 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 Uh, Monty Python had a good song about names for your penis. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do Isn't you remember it? Nice to have a penis. Isn't it frightfully good to have a dong? Uh, it's swell to own a stiffy. It's divine to own a prick. 
from the tiniest little tacker to the world's biggest dick. <laughs> so three cheers for your Willie or John Thomas. Hooray for your one-eyed trouser snake. Your piece of pork, your wife's best friend, your pulsey or your cock. You can wrap it up in ribbons. You can stick it in your sock. But don't take it out in public or they will stick you in the dock and you won't come about. That's it. Damn. And right. that's Tyler's theme song. There's my theme song. <laughs> a Monty Python ditty about penises. It does seem like there's extra energy from either emphasizing the tininess or the mm. size, right? <laughs> Trouser snake uh, right. or or prick. Seems like it's like a pinprick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soup can. Soup can. There you go. <laughs> Chicago Tribune did like a look back at the history of the of the caulk. Yeah. Pin was one of the earliest ones. Which, Ooh. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be the model for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? Mm, a needle Here's point. Here's the inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. That's okay. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Tyler, what what is something from your search? search I mean, looking history? at mine, I you know, outside of like researching cults, which is common and often, and I'm sure I'm on some weird flag in the FBI somehow. But you know, I, I'm trying to perfect my my pancake making. Uh, so mm. there's recipes for pancakes. Mm. Um, and then I've got one where I I looked into when spring training starts for baseball because I'm a baseball fan and it's I'm high time for some baseball. Who's your there team? You I'm a Cubs fan. Big, okay. big, diehard, junkie Cubs fan. So nice. Well, so tell me about the pancakes because I like pancakes and I'm, uh, you know, I like to make them. I like to, I was recently on a, a like an Airbnb where there was no spatulas <laughs> and I was making pancakes and I didn't realize I would have to use like a combination of a fork and a spoon to flip my pancakes. Mm. But I'm curious to see well, what 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 do you what do you read like new recipes like we're talking souffle pancakes what kind of pancakes yeah I mean the first and foremost you know don't use any pancake mix it's it's ridiculous mm-hmm. that you don't need pancake mix it's pancakes are flour a little baking soda sometimes baking powder I like to put a little baking powder but you can put so many great things in it you know I'm experimenting now with goat cheese in or or, or, or bananas in and a lot of fruits or sometimes mm-hmm. some vegetables in there. I make a different pancake almost every day. And of course, I have a three-year-old who right. loves pancakes and wakes me up and says, I want pancakes. But we try all kinds of different recipes. This morning's was goat cheese, thyme, and raspberries with a little bit of vinegar and a buttermilk. Buttermilk. So I make my own buttermilk with butter and vinegar. What? And then, uh, wow. And then cinnamon and a touch of vanilla. Is is your three-year-old like the reincarnated <laughs> Jonathan Gold? Or He's a spoiled little <laughs> shit is what he is. He doesn't appreciate I was like, it. Has no I couldn't idea. imagine like Has being no a idea. kid and being eating something with thime in it at all. Like even right? if you're on a savory dish. I'm like, nah, uh, no. <laughs> he doesn't know. Corn pops now. <laughs> right. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. Yeah. Well, very refined palate. Good yeah. for you. Pancakes. Do you have a... What one like tip for other than not using the mix? Like is there... For instance, I've heard that when the bubbles start appearing, that's when you flip them. That's when you flip. Don't flip too much. <laughs> Don't mix it too much because if you mix it, it's okay to have some lumps because if you mix it too much, it becomes too dense and it mm. isn't fl- fluffy. Also, a good tip is uh, separate your egg whites and beat the, y- the yolks and put them in and then beat the um, egg whites until they peak and then fold those in at the end right before you put it on the grill and that oh, wow. but don't beat it too much because it'll it'll go flat that's really fluffy pancakes wow okay mm. you're all invited for breakfast yeah that sounds incredible and then for a topping are you just going straight up syrup or what, what's just your syrup yeah but real yeah. maple syrup yeah real yeah. maple yeah. can't do aunt jemima yeah. yeah right or now it's called like the old pearl oh, mill right. company I or forgot. something yeah right right or a good tip is uh Cream, a little creamy peanut butter. Mix some creamy peanut butter in with the syrup and then a touch of vanilla in there, too. Fantastic. Oh, my God. All right. I'm Jesus. eating here. I'm sorry. I know. I'm Jesus. coming over like 10 minutes ago, Tyler. I'm yeah. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I have found that my kid, I have a three-year-old as well and a five-year-old, and the stuff that used to work on me is like they're just like not into it. Like they don't like jello, I just learned, because they were sick for a little bit. And... Like jet, they were just like, "Oh, what? Why would I like Jello? Like they don't like Jello? Yeah, like no, what kid cup. doesn't like Jello? Jell-O. I know Your that's what I was. Okay, good. L.A. Uh, kid. I just wanted to make LA sure kid. it wasn't a. Yeah. Wait, yeah, Tyler, does your kid eat Jello? 
You know what? Like, we've what am really I a pleb? Jello. I can't say that we've had Jello, so I don't oh. know. Okay. But if what you about did, you would cup, kill though? the cow right. and make your own Jello <laughs> right. thing. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Out of bones, <laughs> oh, just ground down bones. The hooks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, what about pudding cups? I feel like it doesn't. Wouldn't a child like pudding cup in my mind would oh, like yeah. melted ice cream? Yeah. No. No. They, they like pudding. Oh, okay. But the Jello is just. But Jello was. Food. We hadn't really fucked with Jello until they were sick, and I was like trying all the things that used to work on me. Yeah. When I was sick, like saltine crackers, I was like loved a saltine cracker uh, because you know I was starving, right. and it was the only thing my stomach would keep down. And not only did they not like it, but they like used it to create like impossible to clean up mess to like teach me a lesson it was like cruel. to the size like to the size of like glitter particles where it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. impossible to clean yeah i'm kind of surprised yeah. jello and pudding is still out there yeah after yeah. bill Casby went to the jails yeah i don't think they right. think they they keep to like snack pack yeah. you know they know they've swiss miss they, they got their new ways of calling it wouldn't right Nobody's putting the putting in the pudding pops anymore. I no, definitely not. Uh, what is something you guys think is overrated? This is not a popular topic, but as a documentary filmmaker, I think is overrated is the uh, Apple Get Back series on the Beatles that Peter Jackson did. Wow. Mm. Okay. Not oh, wow. because it's the Beatles. He's here I to love, make enemies, not I friends. I love the Beatles, <laughs> and I yeah, loved the footage. I just think... Somewhere he's going to hate me and hear about this, but I think they handed it to the wrong person. I think that Peter Jackson mm. shouldn't have done that documentary. Mm. Well, was... well, I've only seen like clips, and even and I'm not the biggest Beatles fan. I was like, okay, I get, I get why people, if you liked it, you or you're into the Beatles, you'd want to watch it. But as a documentarian, what you know, what 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 could have been done better? Well, I think it, it was long and unwieldy, and they played that line between. Uh, people who love the Beatles and will watch anything because there are people who will watch anything of the Beatles. Right. That's like me and Star Wars stuff. Sure. But then they also put in, you know, a, a very simple and silly elemental thing at the beginning to, to explain who the Beatles are. Right. <laughs> you know, which is just it, 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 it was just stupid that they had to do that. And then they put eight hours of intense material of you in the studio. And look, that footage is fucking amazing and the music is amazing and there's one moment when you're literally watching paul mccartney come up with let it be as if the muse is sitting on his shoulder and it's like yeah. watching you know picasso paint right it's remarkable and the third of the last episode is unbelievable but by and large it's just wieldy over wieldy and long and tiring and you know, trying to play two sides and poorly edited. But the third episode right. knocks it out of the park. Oh, nice. That's the one I didn't get to. So I will oh. watch that one then. Yeah. Except for it. But yeah, the, the first couple felt a little long. I was like, I think I get it, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, I'm, I'm still yeah. here. Right. And that criticism, you know, I've Tyler, I'm a fan of your work, man. I've I, I loved Murder Among the Mormons and nice. An Honest Liar. And it's like I so I'm that's why I was like, what? Tell me, tell me where could it have gone different? Yeah. I mean, I, I think what he did is he took advantage of the fact that this is amazing footage and didn't need right. to cut it and didn't need to cut it back and just say, I'm just going to show all of it, which a lot of people would probably want that. But. You know, that's why we have editors. And I think, you know, <laughs> Peter Jackson's a great filmmaker, but sometimes his movies can be a little long and unwieldy as well. Yes, I, I recall. I recall a film like that. A few of them, actually. <laughs> it, it also might just be a bit of scorn from me from as a documentarian, you know, who loves documentaries. Yeah, but why and we not? work really hard to make documentaries. And in a trend that we're seeing in the documentary space right now is giving documentaries to fiction filmmakers. Right. Right. And 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 now it's actually you know, fiction filmmakers are doing films like Edgar Wright and Questlove and uh, I forget his name that I just read today. So a lot of times we're seeing us as people who this is our our trade being pushed right, out right. by people like Peter Jackson, who doesn't really need to make a documentary, for no. God's sakes. No. Someone's got to give that guy a shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting all the good stuff. Did you feel the same way about the Velvet Underground documentary? Oh, but that one was actually really clever and very interesting and unique. Todd Haynes I, did that. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. And he he, yeah. he did use that to, you know, he he brought something fantastic to that. And I appreciate yeah. that. Agreed. Liz, what is something that you think is overrated? Uh, I'm going to go with coffee. <sighs> go yeah. On. 
I know. Yeah, I just ruined everybody's morning. I think mine was unpopular. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think coffee's overrated. I think matcha is underrated. And I switched mm. to matcha about five years ago and mm-hmm. completely not not to be whatever, but it did completely change my life. And what sort of the, yeah, I mean, be a go off, be a, you know, uh, an evangelist for matcha really quick. Sure. What's, what, what's well, the biggest difference or what's the benefit that you, you saw from going from coffee to matcha? Uh, coffee, first of all, I don't know if, you know, everybody reacts differently to the caffeine and the coffee, but it just jittered me out and I would mm-hmm. get really high and then I'd have that crash. And then, you know, you don't want to just keep chugging coffee all day long. <laughs> right. right. And so it, it just made me anxious and I didn't love it but i do love that morning drink i'm like a, my morning drink is like my thing that's what i need to okay. get going and so i researched and i heard about matcha briefly and i started to make my own concoctions and this whole mushroom movement you know i don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard about medicinal mushrooms yeah i've been doing that for five years too i've like experimented with all these different formulas if you will and the caffeine boost of matcha is way different like it sort of gets you up and it's like brain alertness and it sort of keeps you at this level where you don't have that crash and you don't need another caffeine jolt for the rest of the day it's super healthy for you i felt like i my skin changed i'm not even joking like my face totally changed it has so many more health benefits than coffee Mm -hmm. damn it's All it's right. it's amazing. And you own a matcha company, right? <laughs> Soon. Just full disclosure. That's, that's on my that's third on my to do list. It's wild because in college I would I could never like coffee didn't work. Caffe- I'm not really caffeine sensitive unless I drink mm-hmm. a lot of caffeine. But being Japanese, like my mom would always be like, try like matcha for a second. And I was like, that's what you drink. Right. Right. And then I right. drank it. And then like I fucking like my eyes like right? widened and I was like, oh, shit, this is very different. Uh, but yes, but it's funny. I still habitually will just kind of have a cold brew here and there, but I'm not right. as much of like a morning caffeine person. So I don't, I don't rely on it as much. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ADD by, you know, diagnoses, but I do find I'm like in a lot of places, a lot of times and matcha I definitely feels helps focus and just gets you there. There it is. You know, hmm. so try yeah. it guys. All right. Maybe. I'm, Coffee's good. I might, I might get some converters. I actually love a taste of coffee. I love like a latte taste, but you can dress up matcha to make it delicious. Yeah. Did you Just know have to experiment? That the aroma, the aroma of coffee reduces stress, even among non-coffee drinkers. So Is that every true? time, yeah, it's true. Are we are we having a debate right a now? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little back and like, forth. Sounds like this is what the podcast <laughs> is about now. Right. <laughs> you know, I I grew up Mormon. And coffee is verboten. Oh, that's it is right. a sin, a grievous sin to drink coffee in my religion when I was growing up. So now when I have coffee, it's not just because it tastes good. There's a there's still an illegality to it that just yeah. makes it taste a little mm-hmm. bit better. So I will try your matcha, Liz, <laughs> but I won't do <laughs> the it effects are... for Jesus. Right. Don't do it for Jesus. You can't imagine the Mormon church is that cool with matcha. No, right. probably not. No, well, I don't it's caffeine. They, I don't, yeah, but it just—it's it, such a loophole. I don't know because it says you can't drink caffeine, strong drink. You can't drink hot beverages, but you can drink hot chocolate. But then they say it's the caffeine. But they're—they're they're fucking fine with diet coke, which has zero health benefits versus coffee. They're fine so, with diet coke. Yeah, oh man, Mormons <laughs> drink their diet coke, Mountain Dew. Wait, that like makes zero been. sense. I know. Dude, I Jack, know. you might be Mormon. <laughs> I know, I might be Mormon. Mountain Dew and Diet Coke. <laughs> but have you ever mixed them? That's when it's really, <laughs> it's my matcha. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and hear what you guys think is underrated. And we're back. And Liz, on the break, you were saying that you're underrated as matcha, yep. which makes sense. Right. I am now uh, currently researching matcha, uh, so we'll not be hearing anything else you guys and say you come on up this to me episode. Like, Miles, dude, you heard of these Japanese tea ceremonies? I'm like, oh, fuck, Japanese. You're like, dude. Oh, God. It's got this bamboo whisk, man. I'm trying to do it like maybe your obachan would have. <laughs> <laughs> Does sound like me. 
I will say, though, the whisk, I had to abort the whisk. It oh, just, you were doing it like that? Yeah, it, it just takes too long and it doesn't get the clumps out. So you do like the little milk frother is the best yeah. way to blend your matcha. Boom. Boom. Mm. Tyler, what's something you think is underrated? Uh, you know, underrated, it's silly, but sleep. Sleep is vastly underrated. And I think people uh, choose a lot of things over sleep. And as one who obsesses about sleep and has read every book there is about the benefits of sleep, because I don't sleep well and I wish I could sleep better. I just think we are as a society walking around as zombies and we're trading Netflix and Instagram for what we genuinely need, which is a good night's sleep. Mm, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel that like idea of like the just aimless scroll in bed. Yeah, to, like, you know, a lot of people have said like the psychology of that is like trying to reclaim hours of the day that felt like you were giving your attention to something else. So mm. it's like a way to kind of recenter. But at the same time, it's just it's the worst thing for you because like to your point, it keeps you from going to sleep. And I've only like the last seven months tried to get really disciplined about like creating a proper time to sleep and like sticking to that because I do feel the difference. Right. Yeah. And I think there's elements of sleep. Like who doesn't wait? You guys wake up at like three in the morning and can't go back to sleep. Does mm -hmm. that happen to you guys? I get I used to get that around uh, like four. Like it would be like right. clockwork, like right. just up. And I'm like, fuck. And then I started like stretching more before bed. I, I started. The other thing was like I would drink way too much later in the day. So I'd always have to pee in the middle of the night. Hmm. And I realized like it's so my... much easier just peeing. <laughs> it's such a short. Yeah, cut. I know. Except sadly, uh, my partner, she's not really into that anymore. <laughs> but like the idea of like really being able to like I, it also went into my hydration where now I'm like I'm trying to get as hydrated as I need to be earlier in the day rather than like catching up at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. also making like sleeping when it's colder has also made it easier for yeah. me to sleep. So two, two tips to that. One is you get in bed usually and then you read or you scroll through Instagram or whatever. But before you go to bed, pee one more time. And you hate it because you're soft and you're in your bed and you don't want to get out again. Go one more right. time. That helps. Look, Tyler, okay. you also have to get rid of blue screens. Yeah, blue screens. Yeah, I don't. Oh, at least blue. an hour. At, at, at least an hour right. before bed. But yeah, but there's one thing that is about like waking up in the middle of the night and having researched this is is called second sleep. Because we as humans, for most of our evolution, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't have lights. So you went to bed when it was dark and you woke up when it was light. And so what human beings essentially did is they would wake up late in the middle of the night to three in the morning because you'd go to bed at five because you were sleeping in a cave, you know, and it was winter right. or you're sleeping in a teepee mm. or whatever it may be. And researchers put people in a room without clocks and without windows, and they found that they would wake up at two or three in the morning. And it was second sleep because that's what uh, humans did. They'd wake up at two in the morning. They'd stoke the fire. They'd have sex. They'd do whatever. And then they'd go back to sleep. So what I've done, and this may not be the best advice for everyone, is when you do wake up at two in the morning or three in the morning, own it. Like Get up right. and do something. something. In fact, it, studies have shown that when you are in that state, a dreamlike state, you're actually incredibly creative. Your brain is still kind of dreaming and still not in the left brain or the right brain. So if you're a creative person, use it. Get up, write, read, come up with ideas, then go yeah. back to bed. Don't stay up too late. But I've actually been embracing that, and it's actually helped me both as a, to get sleep and also creatively. Nice. Yeah, my dad used to do that because he would wake up pretty, like, in the middle of the night, too. And it feels like a thing I've also inherited from him. But... Yeah, that's when he would, I would always remember just him getting up and like starting to write or, you know, work on his art or something like that. So I just like being that's in bed, cool. though. There's something about getting out of it. I'm like, ah, <laughs> then I've lost. But yeah, it's getting better. It's getting better. I have Thanks, a bad edibles. habit of when I do, when I have that waking up, like the, I think that's where the like witching hour came from is like the time mm -hmm. that everybody woke up in the middle of the night. But I always want to eat something. I'm always like so hungry when I wake up in the middle of the night. Really? And, yeah. Wow. Always. Yeah. Okay, hungry bear. <laughs> <laughs> that was adorable. Mons, thanks for calling me that. Hungry. All right. Well, uh, I feel like we've learned a lot about mm -hmm. you guys. We've learned a lot in general. Let's make ourselves a little bit dumber by talking about Ted Cruz <laughs> because we've, I mean, this man is the king of the uh, U-turn, the king of spinelessness, and he, he put on a, a real display 
in the past yeah. couple of days or yeah, at the, the end of last week, I guess. Yeah, the king of capitulation has has come to take his throne from Mark Meadows. I think that was the last one we saw that was of note where he's like, my book says Trump knew everything. They're like, that's not true. And he came out and he's like, yeah, I'm lying. Sorry, Trump. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, dude, he's committed this to a book and you're already out here saying it's nonsense? Okay, fine. At fake news. Yeah. Wait, your your, your book? book is fake news? Well, fake the news, thing, no. the way they're... That's not what I said exactly. Anyway, so Ted Cruz has also found himself in the same place. He fucked up royally because he described the terrorist attack on January 6th as a terrorist attack. And Tucker Carlson lost his shit that night when like those words came out because he was labeled Ted Cruz like this lib traitor <laughs> sort of thing. And so this led Ted to come on Tucker's show and you know, do his like public mea culpa. And he was basically just saying like, you know, torture me, daddy, when I come on the air and <laughs> make it right. And he basically, T Tucker Carlson was like on his like Hans Landa, like Christoph Waltz's character in Inglorious Bastards. That was like the way he starts off this appearance with Ted Cruz. And I'm going to play it because <laughs> it's just, it's something, it's truly something else to watch Ted Cruz have to eat his own hat and soul. So I guess what I, I mean, there are a lot of dumb people in the Congress. You're not one of them. I think you're smarter than I am. Uh, and you never use words carelessly. Um, and yet you called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose. And I'm wondering why you did. Well, Tucker, thank you for having me on. When you aired your episode last night, I, I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because... The way I phrased things yesterday, it, it was sloppy and, and it was frankly dumb. And I don't and buy that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I don't buy on. that. For, look, I've known you a long time since before you went to the Senate. You were a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word you repeated that phrase, I do not believe that you used that accidentally. I just don't. It's, so, Tucker, as a result. So, that's just a taste, right, mm. of where this thing's going. He started off by going, you're not a fucking idiot, right? I know that you're not an idiot. So why the fuck mm. would you say something so absurd? And he goes on like every time Ted Cruz tries to be like, well, what I meant was this. Like, ah, 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 ah. I don't believe you. You meant to, like he was really putting him to the sword to make matters worse. Right. Ted Cruz, he's proven himself to not stand up to anything. Like even when Trump like completely ripped his wife on TV, like he was just like, mm -hmm, thank you. <laughs> and in this instance, he comes on gets owned by Tucker Carlson, and then he posted the clip to his own fucking YouTube channel because that's how, like, serious he was about getting the messaging out that he's like, I didn't, I'm sorry for speaking against the sacred words of this group we are in, which makes, which brings us to <laughs> this idea of what, like, this, you know, Trump or cult of personality around Trump has become. And how it's just gotten gaining more and more momentum. We're seeing people who are holding office even coming on and be like, I'm dumb. I'm sorry for saying that. <laughs> I am. I am so ignorant. I should go now. I, I'm just curious from, you know, Tyler and Liz, like your perspective, this feels very much like what you see, right? You speak the truth, you disrupt the group's cognitive dissonance, and then you get the fucking horns. Mm -hmm. It's is, is it is, is, is this pretty similar to like normal? sort of uh, cult behavior. Yeah, normal cult behavior, not normal life. But yes, normal, yeah. <laughs> normal cult behavior for sure. I like the word I mean, normal cult behavior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like standard, standard practices. Standard, standard. Cults. Yeah, exactly. Well, even in that two seconds that we just heard, there's like two moments of gaslighting right out the gate and mm -hmm. public humiliation, which is a huge thing in cults. Putting you on the stand, putting you mm -hmm. in the hot seat and then making you look at something, quote unquote, and then totally putting you on blast and getting the followers, the rest of the people in the room, which in this case is everybody that's watching that news program, to go, shame on you, bad boy. Uh, so right. even in that 30 seconds you just showed, was there, there was a ton of cultic behavior going on. Yeah. Like, I don't know, the, the way we kind of see this whole thing, like, uh, evolve, you know, looking at, at, at it as a cult, right? There's like this new story that's come out where like Stephanie Grisham, the former like press secretary and a few other Trumpers who were in the administration, like 15 of them are saying like, 
they're getting together to figure out how to take Trump down. I don't know if that's just for their own, you know, to soothe themselves so they can sleep at night or if it's serious. And Stephanie Grisham is saying, like, we're looking to do things where we can message to Trump supporters so they can fully understand what Trump stands for and what his goals are. She's talking about going on like a speaking tour to like very heavily like like districts with heavy Trump support to try and talk to people to explain things. Good luck. That doesn't seem like a viable yeah. tactic, good, good, right? Good like, luck. That's all I have to say. Good luck. Because you can't you can't do that. You're the what the sad thing about when people are in in cults is once their the brainwashing has taken ignited and the indoctrination has ignited you can't speak rationally to them. It doesn't matter how many facts right. you lay out and go, you know, this thing he said was completely, you know, was a complete lie and completely irrational. And here are 15 to 500,000 things to back up the truth. It it doesn't matter because the justification and the manipulation of whatever the lie is being spewed by the cult leader is so strong that they're always going to find a way to justify it. Like, look right. at Doomsday, all the Doomsday cults that happen. Doomsday never happens. But yet, these people will stay in the cult after that because the goalpost moves and there's some stupid, right, stupid-sounding explanation for it from the outsiders. But internally, they're like, oh, I guess it was our fault. Yeah, we weren't mm. we weren't right with the blank. Um, right, right. So it's really hard. That tactic, sadly, is a really... The uphill battle, right. man. It's like it sounds like what they say, in like Scientology, or like squirrels, or like people who used to be Scientologists who then like want to start shit like outside of it. And mm -hmm. it seems like people who, even if they were part of the in group, once they leave, there's no, you're like your your identity is set in the eyes of the people that are still followers. Like it's just like, oh, you're, it's like you have, I have nothing to say to you because you're not even one of us. Mm -hmm. Right, and that's one of the main tactics of cults is to. Uh, when you leave and people say, what is a cult versus a church or whatever? Maybe typically what it is, is amongst the many things. One of them is when you leave that said group, the cult cuts you off. You're no longer believing. We don't talk to you. We don't associate with you with you. You know, it's not like that with most groups. And I do think the Republican Party, the modern day Republican Party, the extremists of it especially has that same tactic. The other side. They're evil. Right. They're wrong. We're elite, which is cult tactic number one. We are chosen. We are the best. We are going to heaven. We are the only ones who have the keys to the kingdom. And everyone else is wrong. And everyone else and their messages are wrong. And don't watch them. Don't read them. Don't listen to them because they are wrong. And not only are they wrong, but what they're sending you is harmful. And, and I think that's very common. We had, a, we had a guest on one of our episodes not too long ago, Yanya Lolich. And she's a cult expert. And she talked about modern day cults. And she said that, um, you know, it used to be that cults were a place. You'd go to a commune. You'd go to a church. You'd, you'd see the leader. She said modern day, especially exacerbated by the pandemic, modern day cults, uh, people don't ever need to see each other. They're, one okay. of them can be in Kansas and another one can be in Colorado. And there's no leader. There's no ideology. The ideology is the leader, rather. And so they kind of can glom on to anything. And that's what I think we're seeing nowadays. Um, or the leader can be just a letter in the alphabet. Yeah, right. With no face and no name, but Q. And maybe right? some guy I do Ron, feel it. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it comes to Q, I'm, I am wondering, like, how long it'll take for Trump to just openly kind of identify as the leader. Because I do think that in the time since he's been in office, like the lesson he's learned or seems to have learned over and over again is like anybody who was like advising him to pump the brakes on anything is was wrong. Like, got the boot. At least you can yeah. you can back channel this from the day he got inaugurated that I don't I can't even remember these people's names because they're so far from our lexicon now. But Anybody that in the beginning, you can see it right away. One person, you know, has one opinion against what he was saying and fired next day, fired yeah. next day, fired. Yeah. And like Rex Tillerson or like H.R. McMaster. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you have the Ted Cruz's left today who are just paralyzed by fear. Like, I, I don't want to go away. I, I don't want right. to. I want to yeah. stay in the cool kids. I want to be with the cool kids. And 
they'll backtrack. They won't. Ted Cruz is not coming up with his own opinions, his own rational thought. He did for a moment, and then you saw what happened. Right. right. And then he had to perform for the group to say, I I haven't lost my way. Right. I'm sorry. I'm deeply sorry. I was stupid in that moment, as he even said. Like, it was right. quite frankly dumb. <laughs> right. Like, that's why. Yeah. And that's I, why that appearance was so important. Right. Is because the January 6th, like the the way that the mainstream media greeted it was like, OK, this is going to be a thing that scares everybody and makes them back away. And instead, it's being used to just normalize that behavior more and more and, like, add people to the cult, essentially. Yeah, that's a great, so, that's a great way to put yeah. it. The normalization of yeah. really not okay behavior is a huge thing in cults. Right. Well, because it's been an inversion, right? Because actually January 6th was the righteous people doing the correct thing while the federal government was trans were the transgressors in that moment. So they've completely re-articulated, reformatted it, recontextualized it to say, no, we were that was the morally correct thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we're and that seems to be the message that keeps getting reinforced. So right, when you have people come out and be like, it's terrorist because Ted Cruz made his he tried to make a point. He's like, well I don't think assaulting police officers is something that we should like should happen. That's bad, right? Those people should go to jail. And Tucker Carlson's like, of course, but are they terrorists? And then it's like, whoa, <laughs> here we go to semantic. Count. I mean, right? Uh, it would seem you would you would think that Tucker as a conservative talking head. So right. one one other question that I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on is just like in the broad scope of American cults i think i think cult kind of evokes in people's minds like jonestown and waco and heaven's gate but like i i think what we're dealing with here could have more in common with like the taiping rebellion and like nazi germany than those things like just in terms of the kind of blurring of the line between political party and cult like what how how do you guys think about like those those historic examples as as cults. I mean, dictators use cult like tactics throughout history. Right. Um, right. We're the best country. We're number one. We're the only ones that are good. Block everyone else out. And, and there's right. also in many cults, especially Christian based cults, there's a strong warring factor. Pick up your sword, uh, you know, fight to get into heaven. There's a lot of cults that actually have that. We are soldiers. So this January 6th thing was, we are soldiers. We are fighting for this cult that we believe is right. A lot of violence is actually doomsday violence and blood and going to hell and fire. A lot of violence is set in cults. And the same thing with dictators throughout history. It's just, it's the same kind of tactics. And I think Trump was doing the same thing, using those same dictator slash cult leader tactics, which usually nine times out of 10 are ego, just very egocentric individuals. And I don't care if you support Trump or not. And sociopathic. I don't care if you support Trump or not. You you can't deny that the guy has an ego. He has a massive ego. And he, you know, most cult leaders have a strong ego. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that there, there are political cults. There are cults that exist within political parties even in America, to try mm-hmm. to say it's a cult of person, like, let's just call it what it is, right? Like, I think people try to get around the word cult instead of understanding the psychology of cult. Once you understand that, you can see it very clearly in all areas, especially politics. And I think the difference between a political party and a cult is the, le- it's always, it go- all goes back to the leader. Right. So who's leading that party and how are they leading it? Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll still probably endorse Trump as a podcast, but yeah, you know, yeah, he's. I mean, we don't want to. We want to be at the cool kids table. With yeah, <laughs> come on, you know that guy's that guy rocks. You know the the, the thing about people who are in cults, and you know, we we talk about cults and what they are, and they're all over the place. And sometimes they can be churches, sometimes they can be religion, sometimes they can be political. But by and large, and I'll even put Q into this in some aspects, people who join cults are, are idealistic. In many options. They they want to go to heaven. They want to better themselves. They want to lose weight. They want to live on a commune and grow wheat. They and, want to make America great again. Right. And th- they do. They they genuinely believe they're trying to make America great again. And 
And so this idealism is actually what leads people into this. And yeah, cult leaders a, use that. Yeah, know, they prey on that. You know, it's 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 that or it's there's something in their life that isn't working. And then somebody comes along and goes, I see you. I've got the solution yeah. to everything yeah. you've ever thought was wrong. And I know you've known something was wrong. Right. That's how I know what I'm going to tell you is going to really resonate. So right. listen up. Yeah. And like it's very, usually them. It's someone else. Yeah. It's the it's the brown skin person or the women or the liberals or someone else or, the, you know, the, the people that you aren't like that are mm-hmm. making problems for you. Um, but I have the answers. That's a right. cult tactic 101. I alone have the answers. I alone can save you. I am the leader that can take you to heaven or you can lose weight or you can be a better actor or you can do, you know, whatever <laughs> right. cult leaders, you know, profess. And these idealisms, these idealistic people who are a lot of times just vulnerable, right. mm-hmm. sign on and want to be told. We do want to be told. We do want to listen to somebody who tells us what to do and what to believe by and large. Right. Yeah. Is like when you kind of look at sort of the, you know, America, like our, you know, the cults that are popping up in America, especially like as it relates to like right wing extremism, do you see any hope for deprogramming or for whatever to happen? Or what do you think or how do you think this plays out? Because I think from our perspective, you're like, it looks like they're all in on complete and total destruction of the country without well, maybe the, articulating that. But yeah, the sad, the sad part about that, in my opinion, is that. It's not like these extreme cults haven't existed for years. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they've, because of, you know, a certain human, have been brought into the mainstream now. And so right. we're just faced with it a lot more. And unfortunately, when, because of that, they've recruited, you know, a lot more Americans and their base has grown. And that's what we're up against. And not to be Debbie Downer, but it's it's going to be a while for these people to deprogram. Right. It's not going to be right. easy. There's an element of, of, of many times among cults that want the doomsday. They want that. They're looking forward to it because we're right. We're we're going to go to heaven. The rest of the world is going to be burned, and we're going to be right. We're saved. Right. right. We're not. Right. And exactly. I, I think so there's like, still an it. element in in extreme measures of the Republican Party that want that. I yeah. think one thing that has helped and hurt, and, and there are more cults today. People think cults were in the 70s, you know, Moonies and airports. But there are more cults today than ever. Because of the Internet. The, internet, the internet is a huge yeah. recruitment breeding ground. And it's yeah. super, fuck, can I say effort? Yeah, yeah. It's super yeah. fucking dangerous. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we're getting false information left and right. And... You get a doctor to tell you, I'm a doctor, and so listen to me. And then somebody goes, well, the doctor said that. And then all of a sudden, they're off to the races. And so You're not handing out mimeographed tracts at airports. You know, you're reaching millions of people. I feel like the 70s gets the cult rep because a lot of that those cults were like associated with like left-wing politics. And that's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. something that Americans are, the American like, kind of shared consciousness is allergic to and so like that it, that stands out but then when the cults are like focused on like white male domination like they're kind of okay with it or at least it's <laughs> yeah, not the, as, six, the 60s doesn't had a lot of cults because of that left left uh, peace love hippie, commune hippie, hippie we right, love each other right. children of love let's all you know i mean jonestown started as a wonderful endeavor a church that actually embraced black people and to their flock. Um, right. It just got a little, you know, went a little off course. Got a little uh, <laughs> suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. And that was all, you but know, that was, that's a, and, yeah. you know, just his ego just got away. Right. And, and that's yeah. what happens. Cult leaders surround themselves with people and yes men and they get further and further away from uh, the real world and reality. Well, you actually become a yes man, but I don't want to get too deep into how the manipulation and indoctrination right. happens. Right. But that was also, you know, a lot of that is also was a reaction to something, right? That was a reaction to Vietnam and right. war and violence. And so all these cults presented as free, free love. Yeah. We're, we're the opposite of that. And there was right. a whole community of humans going, that's what I want. And that's sort of what's happening now, right? On the flip side. To right. some extent. God. Yeah. 
yeah if 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 uh, they don't completely control the country it'll be like how we people talk about like old hippies in the neighborhood it's like who lives up there it's like these old hippies man they <laughs> yeah, exactly. up there and then like 50 years like who are those like these old cute people, <laughs> those old man. cute They're people just, yeah that would yeah. be wonderful <laughs> but yeah that's if we can that's like our best case we, scenario we, we'll get there i mean i do think we'll get there right. it's it's gonna happen the good the the silver lining with all cults is they eventually destruct. Whether the leader dies or something happens, they eventually do destruct. It just takes a while sometimes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, what it comes down to is a lot of times they just say, keep saying and projecting and, and saying this is going to happen and this is going to happen and doomsday is going to happen and all these things. And they just they just don't. They don't right. happen. And if you see that with Q, I mean, their projections, their predictions, they're what, like, oh, for 80 on their projection. Right. But, you know, so eventually people are just going to go. Other people, right? I, you would think so. You would think it they doesn't. Shed some, they shed some people, but not like at a rate that you would expect. Because right. I, when I look at like some of those Telegram channels and you hear people being like, well, what the fuck? Like, aren't, are we getting fucked over? Like, are we getting duped? We're good out of here. I didn't know any better. I didn't right, right, right. <laughs> I was the sucker. Like, right. kind of ruined my life for this. But like, that's why I brought up the examples of mass political movements that operated like cults, like the Taiping Rebellion, which is like the largest, the deadliest civil war in human history, was like based around a guy who claimed he was Jesus's brother mm -hmm. reincarnated and, you know, got 20 million people killed. And Nazi Germany, I think most people are familiar with, but. Well, no, this is America, actually. I don't think many people <laughs> right, are, right. apparently. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, right. I feel like a lot of Good Americans Lord. would hop in with that. Yeah. Total cults. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about uh, what movies foresaw in the year 2022. And we're back, and there are a handful of movies, sci-fi movies from uh, the 90s and before that saw the year 2022 going awry in very specific ways that we, we wanted to look at. J Our writer, J.M. McNabb, kind of gave us a uh, canvassing of the movies that took place in 2022. <laughs> I love this, because this, this felt like a common year in movies, like 2022, like not 2020. Right. Twenty two felt like it's like, no, nah, we're not we're not hack. Right. We're thinking a little right. bit more about this. Yeah. So uh, one that I definitely rented when I was a teenager was uh, No Escape starring Ray Liotta yep. <laughs> about a penal colony run by a corporation. You know, it's it seems to have foresaw private prisons, even though, like, I guess they already existed back then. But they really grew from that point to, you know, very recently when they became sort of outlawed. But I think No Escape was the one where they had the necklaces, the major head explode. Is that? I think, I think so. Yeah. And th th that was definitely like, I, I don't know if it's like half Australia because like, whoa, what if it was like a penal colony? It's like an island where these dudes go and they kill each other. I remember being like watching the movie and that was like the first time I noticed like there were no women in a movie. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. There's only guys in this movie. Like, I remember having this thing. Like, I most of the time I'm seeing things that at least showed that were women in it. But that was like a, I don't know. That's that's when I became a feminist. You know, right. Um, but when I when I made that realization in 1994, I had this confused with something a different movie. So uh, I have not seen No Escape. Oh, you haven't? Oh, you'd love it. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, <laughs> it was so it was Ray so is my favorite bad. action star. So it does sound. Dude, it had Ernie Hudson, I remember, uh, Johnny Drama, like a young Kevin Dillon. Damn. Yeah, okay. it's it's oh, yeah, a it's it's that. a very think of like it's a movie that does not hold up at all. Like <laughs> when you start watching it again. There's a straight to video uh, Mark Hamill vehicle called Time Runner about a guy from the future sent back to stop a invasion of alien shapeshifters in 2022 who disguise themselves as humans. So it's like. They saw Titanic and Body Snatchers and were like, okay, what if? Now, <laughs> wait, <laughs> listen to me for a second here. Uh -huh. But the, the tagline was literally, a new kind of Terminator intones the movie trailer <laughs> over a theme that is a sound-alike 
ripoff of the Terminator. Really, I love, in case that wasn't clear to you. I love a blatant ripoff, like to be like, I don't know, man, enough people might get duped by this to think it's the other film they think they're renting. Like when right. I see like there's like a Fast and Furious ripoff that was like Fury Drivers and like the subtitle <laughs> was like they're furious and fast. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, OK, they're Almost. fastly furious in a way. <laughs> Probably the most popular of all is the first Purge movie was set in 2022. So, oh, it was? Know. Yeah. See, that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good boy. Yeah, maybe there. Yeah. Just, that, I, I, I long for the times when uh, our, our projections of this era were like slightly more shiny and fun, like uh, San Angeles and Demolition Man. <laughs> That's what I always reference. What year was San Angeles? What year was Demolition Man? I feel like that one. I think it's 2020 or 2024 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That, we'll all celebrate that time. I know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's, there have been a few write-ups about like, well, where are we now in San Angeles? Like, what can, hmm. Oh, no. 2032. 2032. So we got a little bit all of time. Right, we got some time. Until the franchise Taco Bell. Come. I'm looking at you. Yeah. I'm watching yeah. you guys making moves. You haven't 10 years to win the franchise wars. And then uh, Soylent Green, the 1973 Charlton Heston movie about it's just a hellish future. There's overpopulation. There's inequality. Have you guys heard about this stuff? You remember when people thought we'd have a problem with inequality? What's Hmm. that? Hmm. I've seen it on a bumper sticker. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's one corporation that rules them all, not named Amazon, but does produce a food stuff called Soylent that is revealed at the end is made of people. People. Mm. Yummy. Spoiler. Mm. It's not matcha, but it's pretty good. (laughs) It does explicitly pinpoint climate change as one of our major problems uh, before that was, you know, widely seen as like bring about the end times. There's a, a ton of income inequality and surging homelessness, but you know, we haven't started eating each other. I feel like it, that know. one, you're giving people too much of an imagination. <laughs> <laughs> the the soy, that, that, the, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It brings the cult full circle, you know. The Republicans right. are thinking, maybe if we eat the Democrats. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> eat the rich completely goes the other <laughs> way. Right. Like, eat the libs, please. <laughs> you got good thigh meat. <laughs> I mean, the main thing is that it just isn't, profitable like it doesn't make sense as a business model and like that's the reason it doesn't make sense is like (laughs) humans are like you can find other things to serve to people as soylent which is in fact something that somebody has done there is a a company called soylent and some of their products are literally green but they are uh mint chocolate chip flavored i have not had it it's fucking it feels like you're in like a space prison yeah, like, yeah. And well, that's what they feed you. You know what I mean? Like, it's because uh, the whole thing, like, I remember it being marketed as like, nah, man, people don't got time to eat. They yeah. just need to drink this, the couple of these bottles, and you got all your fucking nutrients that you need. And like, remember, because that was like the whole, like, work ourselves. I mean, we're still sort of in that mentality of working yourself to death. So mm-hmm. nobody has time to breathe or eat. Yeah. But I remember optimizing drinking, the eating process. Right. I remember trying and being like, this is so fucking just, just tastes like grand. Like, paste with like a hint of vanilla right you guys have any movies that when you look outside at the the direction the world is headed that you you feel like might have been whether they are set in the future or not that you feel like might have been on to something you know i think one that was way ahead of its time and has gotten a lot more attention of late is network the sydney yeah. Lumet film written by patty chayefsky in 1976 which well in advance pre- predicted the entertainmentism of news but also reality television and um you know putting odd screaming prophets on the airwaves to uh, opinionize i think that film which a is an amazing movie if you haven't seen it and if you have seen it it's even better on the second or in my case like the 10th viewing every single year i watch that film i absolutely love it that one, I think, really saw our future as media and content and television. Mm. Are we in the Matrix? Mm. 
I, I think that's an important question to ask. I've, yeah. I tried jumping over a garbage can yesterday and I tripped over and busted my ass. So I don't, I certainly haven't developed my matrix skills, but it doesn't mean I'm not trying. I feel like the running man, we're pretty close to like the running man yeah. type of stuff right. too. Where it's like, True. yeah, man, get prisoners to fucking die and we'll like watch it on TV. Cause right now it's already being used as like, you know, slave labor. Mm. So like, when's the next, like, when are they going to have like ultimate fighting when like Logan Paul fights like three inmates or something, but he gets like a, a chainsaw. I feel like the were the like spectacle of like violent conflict is like it's it's slowly being more commodified in weird ways. Not that I think we'll get precisely there, but I mean that film was set between 2017 and 2019. The Running Man. Wow. So I'm gonna really up the uh, intellectual level with this one, but here we go. The Jetsons, man, we are about mm. to become the Jetsons. Like we're gonna fly through sky to get to work eventually. Yeah. I think I we're would, still a little late on the Jetsons, though. Unfortunately, I don't know. I, I mean, like, the they've curve, got that. They've got that taxi there. that that helicopter taxi system going on, and is yeah. that Milan? I mean, they had a lot of robots in that too. They had the the wisecracking right. robot. Yeah, we're, we're far from her. Yes, correct. not too well, far. We might not, not be too that far. far from her. I yeah. think we're headed for the Flintstones. Oh, <laughs> fucking blew your minds, didn't I, guys? I've always uh, wanted to yeah. exercise when I drive, so. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and have feet so calloused that you couldn't even imagine what they feel like on the bottoms. Well, guys, it's been such a pleasure uh, having you on the show. Where can people, first of all, hear you and also follow you and read you and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we do a podcast called Was I in a Cult? And it mm -hmm. is a same network as you guys. Right. It is a documentary style podcast that features individuals who have left were in and left cults. And Liz and I, uh, you know, we talked to these individuals. Um, it's very documentary. It's very stylized with archival and music. But then Liz and I put a little uh, levity in it every once in a while because yeah. otherwise it would be 45 minutes of suicide and abuse and brainwashing and neglect and confinement. But the show right. is up. It's uplifting. It's meant to be hopeful yeah. and inspiring and to show yeah. how resilient we are as humans and all exactly. the things we can overcome. We don't have to live Jack, in our trauma, right? Yeah. And as Jack pointed That's out, awesome. you know, talk, you keep it light, talk about if people fucked He-Man. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's not all doom and gloom. That's your I'm sorry to That's do that, by the way. I, just, I thought that would appeal to our audience. There you go. Uh, no, they would, yeah. yeah. It's a great yeah. line. It's a great line. That's a great episode. It's a crazy <laughs> it episode, a really episode about yeah. a, a woman, a cult in which Liz actually was in an acting cult, a young yeah. actors who come to Hollywood and with dreams of being an actor and some crazy acting teacher became a cult leader, became a cult leader. Yeah. A self-help guru. Ha ha ha. But yeah, so you can find our show wherever you get your podcast. It's was I in a cult? And you can also follow us on Instagram because we are aspiring call leaders ourselves, and we want as many followers as we can there get. You go. So there you uh, go. our handle is at Was I in a Cult? Tyler is at Tyler Meesum. Personally, I'm at the Iacuzzi. That's like jacuzzi with an I. And uh, find us, talk to us, reach out to us if if you have if you have your own cult experience. We that's where we get all of our amazing guests. So reach out. We'd love to hear from yeah. anybody. Uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? You know, I watched. I'm gonna. Uh, last night I watched something that that uh, Stephen Colbert did, uh, Abhor Rent, which is an amazing parody of uh, Rent, three hundred sixty five thousand minutes about the January sixth uh, insurrection, which uh, just launched last night. It's it's genius. Oh, nice. I um, my friend just sent me this. I I don't think this episode is like of this week, but uh, Jordan Klepper's anti-vax video. He oh, he goes yeah. and interviews. In LA? Yeah, he goes and interviews all the spiritual anti-vaxxers here in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. And it tickles my little heart when he's like, uh, and she's like, well, I usually like, I just listen to the, the, the earth and the stars and I actually was talking to my cat and, my, and he goes, do you often get medical, medical advice from a cat? <laughs> and uh, it's fantastic if you want to go see how dumb Los Angeles people are. Yeah, exactly. Check it business. out. 
Yeah, the woo-woo anti-vax yeah. crowd is like the... Oh, and she's like, I just don't think you're getting it. I must go. And he's like, okay, well, okay. Later, let us viewer. know what your cat tell, <laughs> tells you about Flurona. Right. Ay, ay, ay. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. And also, if you like 90 Day Fiance, mm. I waste my breath on that other show, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandro. Just getting high talking about 90 Day. Some tweets <laughs> I like. First one is from Caleb Heron uh, at Caleb Says Things. Uh, tweeted, cigarettes don't even get you high, right? Like, they're literally just for cancer. <laughs> interesting, interesting take. Uh, another one is from Jarrett Weiselman at Jarrett Says. Uh, you know, Britney Spears posted some pictures where she was, like, nude, but, like, covering herself up with emojis. And people were like, what is she doing? And, like, on all this backlash. Jarrett tweeted, Britney Spears being able to do whatever the hell she wants was the entire point of this. <laughs> just reminding people about right. that outrage. Yeah. yeah. I also had the uh, Caleb tweet. Uh, I also liked one from Ali Make Tweet. Tweeted, COVID sucks. I miss the days when you could travel. A year ago, I was in D.C. with some friends I met online touring a government building. (laughs) 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 And Noah Garfinkel tweeted, can't believe I pity the fool is Mr. T and not Shakespeare. (laughs) And finally, Fidarlius. Fidarlius. I think it's Fidarlius. Fidelius tweeted, met an old guy with no bank account. When I asked him why he didn't have one, he said, I just never got into that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. A legend. Legend. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. And sorry, I've been trying to stifle a laugh because I also saw one that I liked from, <laughs> from January 6th that, for whatever reason, I, I just have to read it to you. Dan Sheehan <laughs> tweeted, one year ago today, democracy got its heckin' snoop booped. <laughs> that just made me laugh. Really much. Oh, man. All right, Miles, what song? Let's go. Let's go out on a track, uh, a cover. Uh, you know, the, well, let's just. Everybody knows Barry White's "I'm Gonna Love You Just a Little More, Baby." Uh, it's sampled a lot, but this version from Kelly Patterson is just. It's so. It's like lighter because it's not as like. Yeah, I'm horny and Barry White. It's got <laughs> just uplifting. The instrumental still honoring the same instrumental, but it's just a little more lighter, a little more disco. So this is I'm Gonna Love You Just a Little More, Baby by Kelly Patterson. So go find that and get your vibes up on this Monday. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye.